This is Airwaves by Aviation Trader, your complete aviation marketplace, with your hosts, Steve Vischer and Grant McCarran. Well, hi everyone and welcome back to the show and I guess uh, that this is actually the first of the Airways podcast for 2020 so even though it's uh, you know mid-February as we record this, I should wish everybody a happy new year and happy new year to you, Grant McCarran, how are you? Hey, not bad, Steve, and thanks very much. Yeah, look, you know, I've, I've been saying happy new year to some of the crew at my day job since the end of January and into early February as most of them are coming back to work. So it's not unusual to say happy new year during February if people don't catch up with each other that often. Well, there we go. We're probably just working on uh, railway time, which I'm used to, so we're always running a little bit late, allegedly. <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about trains. that. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the planes part of planes, trains, and automobiles. And uh, Grant, uh, this uh, this episode we're going to be uh, devoting to the Textron group of companies. And uh, last year, of course, you were lucky enough to head across to that great mecca of uh, aviation awesomeness known as AirVenture or to some people better known as Oshkosh. Um, uh, always a great place to go. You and I have, uh, are lucky enough to have been there a couple of times each now. And um, yeah, obviously you had a great time and grabbed some great interviews. Oh, I certainly did, mate. Uh, how can you not have fun at Oshkosh, even if it's hot mosquitoes or it's raining and, and you're wondering if your tent's going to blow away? Uh, not that I had that problem this time. I was staying in a house. Uh, look, it's it's a wonderful thing and you, you can't see it all. I actually got to the, uh, to the seaplane base this time and it, it's just fantastic. I even got to go for a fly in the uh, one of the um, MAX helicopters and uh, also went for a fly in the uh, Tin Goose, the dreaded uh, Ford Trimotor. And absolutely incredible experiences. I was so happy I did them this time. Uh, but yes, while I was there, it wasn't all play and all about me, me, me. There was uh, quite a number of uh, interviews recorded. And this first batch, as you said, they're with Textron. And, of course, uh, we're talking about what's going on with Cessna Hawker Beechcraft environment. And particularly Cessna, Grant. You know, uh, many of us, I mean, myself, like like many pilots, you either tend to go down, particularly if you come from my era, I suppose it's probably not so much the case these days with so much more of the, the LSA, the RALS-type aircraft coming in. But, I mean, it's the risk of sounding really old. Back in my day, when you started to learn to fly, you're either a Cessna man or, a, you know, a Piper man. And uh, I was certainly a Cessna guy, and pretty much all of my flying has been done in Cessna. So, you know, really hold it uh, quite dear to my heart in aviation terms and interesting you know if you look at the 172 still in production i know there was a hiatus there for many years but um just an iconic brand that certainly is mate i did a lot of my fixed wing training on a cessna and you know got a special place for the 150 152 and of course the 172 and so it was really wonderful to catch up with the guys at textron and find out what's new with cessna and uh, we learned quite a bit about a couple of new airframes they're working on well, Grant, I suppose uh, if you're going to talk to anybody at the Textron group of companies, uh, it's always good to go right to the top and tell us about this first interview. Well, uh, we start off with Martin Tuck, and he's the technical marketing specialist, and he talks to us about uh, Denali and also about Sky Courier. And uh, then after we talk to Martin about some of the uh, technical side of things with those two new airframes, we also have a chat with uh, Brian Roloff. And uh, between Brian and Martin, we catch up on everything that's coming up with Cessna and also about the exciting Cessna Latitude. Martin Tuck from Textron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Now, uh, you're, uh, you're here to talk to us about the new Cessna products, the Denali and the Sky Courier. Can we start with the Denali? Uh, which market niche and where was the inspiration for that aircraft? 
Well, the Denali's uh, targeted the uh, single-engine turbine uh, market. Uh, it's uh, an area we're not in right now, and so we uh, we feel we could bring to that market uh, new technologies in the form of a new engine. Uh, a lot of commonality between uh, some, of, some of our larger aircraft in terms of structural design. And uh, so we bring some uh, value-added features into that market that isn't currently there. So approximately how many seats and uh, what kind of lifting capacity are we talking and, and range and so on? So the Denali is primarily a six-place executive layout. Uh, we also have another option for a, a nine-place commuter. Uh, but uh, the mock-up here at uh, the, the display is a six-place commuter, which basically has, um, opposite the forward entry door, we have a refreshment unit, uh, and then we have a club four arrangement, and then two forward-facing aft seats. And then behind that, we have a removable lavatory. Uh, there's an option to belt that lavatory, or to even have an externally serviced lav as well. Uh, that's one of those options. We actually installed the CJ4 lav in there because people, our market we talked to, uh, said that they wanted an externally serviced lav as a, as a feature. Yeah, because uh, there's nothing worse than being at altitude and uh, suddenly deciding I need to make use of the amenities and when you're in the back. Well, that's true, and not every aircraft in this, uh, in this arena has one. So what kind of performance are we looking at in terms of uh, rugged terrain or short fields, or is it uh, paved airstrips, that kind of thing? Now, the aircraft will be certified uh, uh, as standard with uh, the, uh, the opportunity to operate off uh, unpaved gravel, grass, natural-type surfaces, crushed coral, that kind of thing. Uh, as that's right off the bat. So, um, yeah, it's a training link gear, so very tough and uh, durable. Yeah. And so, yeah, paved, paved and unpaved, uh, both, uh, from, from the get-go. Okay, so... Uh, could be an owner operator it could be somebody who has uh has a pilot flying for them wants to get in and out uh go from city out to home things like that yeah typically this aircraft is a owner operator uh, flown aircraft uh, there are some corporate aircraft operators out there or even some uh, small uh, commuter type airlines that will will use this aircraft but primarily owner operators our target market okay uh what power plants it got so this is the new uh, GE Aviation a Catalyst engine. It's uh, a brand new engine that is under development. Um, it's a FADEC-controlled engine. So this will be the first turboprop with uh, FADEC control, full-authority digital engine control. Uh, it also has propeller control tied in with that. So from a pilot perspective, it's just a single power lever. Uh, there's no separate prop controls uh, or separate uh, condition levers. Uh, it's all taken care of by the FADEC, so it'll be just like flying a jet. Uh, single power lever. Very handy. And uh, cockpit fit out, what kind of uh, equipment are the pilots likely to expect on board in terms of autopilots, comms, nav, that kind of thing? Yeah, so we went with the uh, the Garmin G3000 system. Uh, this is a system that's very popular on our Citation M2 and CJ3 Plus aircraft, and so we've got a lot of experience in that arena. And people just love, they see the mock-up here and they see the G3000, it has the, the, the two touchscreen controllers uh, it makes for a very clean layout. Um, you, know, you look around, you sit there in the flight deck there, and you, there's no circuit breakers. Uh, there actually are a couple of circuit breakers on the, under your left arm, uh, under the little uh, uh, armrest there. But primarily, all the circuit breakers are soft uh, and integral to the Garmin G3000 system. Okay, so you're really taking all your experience of the uh, CJ series and taking that whole ergonomics, pilot, and human interface, and so on, and bringing it into a single turboprop. Yes, that's right. I mean, we had a lot of experience in the small jets, but also there's some uh, synergy, I guess, whether you want to call it that, with the larger jets as well in our construction methods because we're bringing newer uh, construction methods to an airframe uh, that's typically seen uh, sort of more fabricated design sheet metal 
uh, traditionally has been used for that size of aircraft. But in Denali, we're bringing uh, sort of what we call monolithic or single-piece structures, and uh, that allows us to um, have fewer parts count, fewer rivets, makes it a bit, a little bit lighter and uh, and stronger and, and more uh, durable uh, too. So um, uh, we'll actually be offering a, a higher cabin pressure differential. 7.55 is more like the large jets again some of that read across and so um, that gives for a makes for a 6,000 foot cabin at 30,000 feet uh, so very comfortable for the passengers. So you just said 30,000 feet there that's pretty high for a single turboprop that's um, so pilots because once you go above 22 and so on you need extra training and so on what's the training situation like in terms of the getting a pilot who may may have been flying smaller aircraft um, now going to a turbine now going into pressurized and altitude yeah really we've made this aircraft designed this aircraft to be a uh, uh, very easily flown uh, so most of, most of the, the market is for owner operators and so we kind of see that there are some obviously some experienced folks out there that are going to be flying this aircraft um, we're going to offer full training through our uh, flight safety true uh, detection aviation uh, companies uh, and um, but things like the single power lever, uh, digital, digital pressurization, they're all s- simple features that most pilots can then use um, very, very effectively. Now, uh, what kind of performance envelope? You've mentioned altitude there. So what kind of speeds and um, stall speeds are you expecting, things like that? Yeah, so as I mentioned, the max cruise altitude actually is, is going to be 31,000 feet. Um, the 6,000 foot cabin is at 30,000 feet. So uh, 285 knots is our high speed cruise. Uh, range with one pilot and four passengers is uh, 1,600 uh, nautical miles. I can't quite remember what that is in kilometers, uh, but uh, that's with the full MBAA IFR reserves. And uh, typically, when we quote ranges for these uh, these smaller models, we'll, we'll operate them at high-speed cruise, and so that is the high-speed cruise range, 1,600 miles. Okay, that's that's pretty respectable. That's uh, more than enough to get. Uh quite a way around Australia or um, across the ditch to New Zealand, things like that. Uh, So where's the Denali at in its development cycle? So right now we're building uh, the prototype and also two uh, production flight test vehicles which will be used for flight testing. We also have developed uh, the certification as part of the certification effort, um, two uh, test articles, as a static test article and also a fatigue test. So static tests will do a lot of the structural testing and then fatigue uh, testing, we actually bend and pull the aircraft and, and pressurize it through um, uh, 90,000 uh, cycles. And that gives the aircraft a 30,000 hour, uh, 30,000 cycle uh, life, which is basically two flights a day for 50 years, or some very, very large number. So not a life-limited aircraft uh, in that respect. Fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about the Denali? So one thing I don't think I mentioned was the field performance. You asked about that. We talked about uh, paved and unpaved runways, but uh, max roast takeoff weight on a standard day sea level ISA, uh, less than 3,000 feet is our target for that. And so just following on from that, uh, you mentioned about the 1,600 nautical mile range with reserves. Uh, Would that be full fuel and how many people? So we can put in uh, five people with full fuel, 1,100 pounds. Uh, with full fuel. Um, typically we would put in a four passenger uh, configuration there and that's kind of an average uh, passenger load I guess and that's that's what's giving us our 1600 nautical miles. Nice because yeah that's always the yeah I want to go for some place I want to take everyone well something's got to give you can't take luggage or you can't take fuel but it sounds like this will be a good as you were saying four person go places take your luggage sure. have a good time. Yeah. Again uh, you know, weight and balance wise we just want to make it as easy as possible load it up, fill it up with gas and, and go. 
One of the things that the catalyst brings, the catalyst engine is a feedback control, and so that does bring some new economics into the mix. You know, it burns roughly 10% less than a, uh, the, the older type, uh, 1980s kind of technology, I guess. And so uh, we, we feel, again, that's another value-added proposition in terms of operating economics for that aircraft. Yep. Oh, that's very good because everyone wants to save fuel these days. Exactly, yep. yep. Excellent. So, of course, Denali is not the only uh, new one from Cessna, as we mentioned right at the start. There's the Sky Courier. So can you tell me where the inspiration for this has come from and, and what niche it's filling? Well, you know, we've had uh, the caravans and Grand Caravan is operating in that sort of utility role. Uh, there was a market need for a, a twin utility or a, an aircraft that would carry a lot of uh, freight, for example, or, or passengers, uh, but had two engines. And so um, we had been looking at a twin caravan or something along those lines for a number of years. Uh, but then uh, you know, FedEx gave, ex, uh, expressed an interest in developing an aircraft that could supplement their caravans, their Grand Caravan Cargo Masters, uh, they're called, uh, in a purely freight uh, role. Uh, you know, they, uh, the number, amount of freight that they carry these days is, has just increased phenomenally. And so um, they're often running these trips with two or even three caravans, uh, each one requiring a pilot. And with the pilot shortage the way it was, it just made sense to have a larger aircraft that was single pilot, uh, going to be single pilot certified. And so that's, that's really the design. Uh, a lot of those caravans are also um, hand-loaded. Uh, you know, the aircraft will come in, they basically hand-load the, uh, the freight onto there, which just takes time, and, and time is money. And so um, they like to, would like to uh, take a, a container that they would typically either preload or just, just take off straight off one of their larger aircraft and uh, be able to load three of those containers into um, a single aircraft. And so that's really how the Skycrew was born. We lined up three LD3 containers, which the LD3s are the standard kind of airline type containers, and basically designed the aircraft around that. So we ended up with a very large uh, cargo door at the rear of the aircraft. We'll have a, uh, we have an optional roller system, uh, so you can basically load those, uh, uh, load those containers probably within 20-30 minutes and get the aircraft refueled with a single point pressure refueling uh, for quick turnarounds and be on your way. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good because as soon as you start to mention containers and then LD3, that's going to be quite a wide fuselage. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing just to be able to take it straight off and in into something with twin turboprop. Yeah, so something we also then noticed was, you know, we had a big uh, voluminous uh, fuselage and it made it ideal for uh, passenger transportation. And, uh, you know, the certification requirements allow up to 19 passengers as a Part 23 aircraft. And, and so it made sense to put in nine, 19 passengers and... As luck would have it, um, we can do that. We can have a, a generous seat pitch, 32-inch pitch. Each passenger gets a window. It's a very large window. Uh, we have, um, uh, again, the same large cargo door at the back, but we have an air stair door, which, uh, again, is, uh, is then fitted to the, the seat tracks. And um, that, that's kind of how the passenger version, which we have a mock-up for here at Oshkosh, uh, was born. Uh, you know, it's a common airframe, but uh, just a different interior uh, for different uses. So... One of the things that our customers talked about was maybe um, having a, a quick change, the ability to quick change out of a passenger configuration to a freight. Maybe they'll fly passengers during the day and, and freight at night. And so the, the, uh, the configuration we developed has a quick change capability and all the, um, the cargo net restraints are already built into the sidewall panels 
uh, they're kind of built in so you can't really see them nice. uh, during the, the passenger configuration. But again, a, a quick change, less than two hours to change everything out into uh, into a freighter. Okay. So pretty much enough time that uh, you've come back, you've given it clean, you've uh, refueled it, got all the paperwork ready, and meanwhile the guys outside have also taken it and set it up ready to haul exactly. freight tonight. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it goes. And I say we've designed the aircraft for, for a quick turnaround, uh, the, the pressure refueling. We have... Um, some special features on the engine. It's a fairly standard PD6-65 engine, but we have um, remote oil sensing, uh, for example, so that you don't have to get a step ladder out and go up into those large nacelles and, and check the oil. It can all be done remotely through the Garmin system. We're going to use a, a Garmin G1000 system on the Sky Courier. Uh, again, to a, a commonality of fleet with the Caravans, which has the, the Garmin 1000 NXI system. Okay, and so... So obviously a high wing, twin turboprop, large fuselage. Uh, what kind of load are we talking about carrying and over what kind of distances are you, are you predicting? So um, the aircraft is will be certified for a 6,000 pound load. Uh, that is, uh, there's, some, there's some regulatory requirements out there that kind of define that maximum load in there. Um, and you can carry that 6,000 pounds, that's, that's three tons basically, um, uh, around 200 miles. Uh, but with 19 passengers in the 19-seat configuration, that's obviously less payload, 3,800 pounds. You can go uh, around 450 nautical miles. The ferry range is around 900 miles, but mostly uh, you'll be flying around with, with quite a bit of payload. And so between 200 and 400 miles is kind of the target, which is why it's an unpressurized aircraft. We didn't need the added expense and complexity of a pressurized aircraft. Uh, you know, maintenance is key. It's a, a fixed gear. Uh, aircraft, so it doesn't have the complexity of a retractable gear. Um, so, uh, just a good all-round utility aircraft. Yeah, you take a fair fair load a short distance to bring stuff into the central hub. Exactly. I yeah. say pressure refueling, quick turnaround. Yep. Bring it in, load it up, off you go. So, whereabouts is the uh, Sky Courier in its development? Well, the Sky Courier is kind of paralleling the the path of Denali. We're building a prototype uh, currently on the east side of town. Uh, Denali is on the west side, and. Uh, uh, you know, Wichita is split into the, the, the east and west campuses, the old beach and the old Cessna campuses. And um, uh, so we're currently developing a prototype, and then uh, P1 and P2 of the Sky Courier will be then developed. So we'll have two aircraft in flight test. Yeah, so that, that raises, like, you've got two aircraft in test, development, then build, and so on. That, uh, a lot of companies can't do that. Uh, it's quite, quite stressful having both going and keeping them both separate, but in parallel and so on. Um, what kind of uh, pressure is that putting on the organization? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge we're up to. Um, we, we have a good engineering resource, and uh, we feel we can, uh, we're comfortable getting those aircraft done and, and completed in time. Anything else you'd like to say on the uh, Sky Courier? Yes, in fact, uh, you know, another part of our business, a big part of our business, is uh, special missions. And we've had a lot of interest both on Denali in terms of air ambulance, uh, but also on Sky Courier for a number of uh, different uh, roles that that aircraft can uh, can carry. So yeah, it's a good endurance aircraft. So we see that as good uh, search and rescue aircraft. Uh, has a big fuselage. We can put a lot of uh, equipment. Uh, so uh, the military has already expressed some interest in that aircraft, um, and uh, we're kind of parallel pathing um, that development too uh, for some time in the future as a kind of post certification effort. Okay. Um, I guess it would also be of interest to some of the. Um the bush flying and the, the mission missionary kind of work where they could be taking people and cargo, things like that? 
Yeah, we're also, as a, again, as a post-certification effort, uh, we'll be developing what we call the Combi, which is a combination of both passenger and freight. Uh, that kind of comes out of our U.S. rules here on uh, essential air services with, that are currently limited to 19, uh, sorry, nine uh, passengers. And so we have a number of, uh, I guess, older aircraft, Beach 19, 1900s and the like, that are, um, are kind of in this market, I guess. Um, that will, will seat typically nine passengers and then have the aft fuselage for freight and so that can carry um, those essential air service routes out into the from the larger cities to the smaller towns and uh, so again uh, the combi is another option that we'll have as a post-certification effort. Okay Martin well thanks very much for uh, coming along and spending some time with us. Well, you're most welcome. Brian Roloff, thank you very much for taking some time to uh, come and have a chat with us about Textron Aviation. Well, thank you. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit about what we have going on. Okay, well, what do we have going on? There's, uh, I mean, we've heard about uh, Denali and Sky Courier, um, that's within the Cessna world. But your whole range covers everything from the trainer, like I first learned in, all the way through to the jets that I dream of owning or being you know, part of. Let's talk about the range. Well, uh, so in addition to the Denali and Sky Courier, uh, we're also finishing up our certification efforts on the uh, Longitude. So, uh, it, so we've got three new products uh, going through the uh, design and certification phase. So as you can imagine, we're extremely busy. Um, but you know, we have a long history, um, both on Cessna and Beechcraft, of uh, designing and certifying airplanes, and it's what we do. Uh, we have a wonderful engineering team uh, that, that know how to get these products designed. So Longitude, we are getting close to certification. Um, still targeting to have that done here in the next few months and uh, look forward to getting some deliveries to our customer. Um, that was a product that was designed based on, much like the Sky Courier and Denali, based on customer demand. It will be our largest aircraft in our fleet. So uh, we're excited to uh, get that airplane done. Yeah, I've been uh, seeing some of the reports on it over the recent times about uh, all the development, where it's going, and it looks like it's going to be a very exciting business jet there. Uh, it has been uh, well received out in the marketplace. Uh, our customers have asked us for a long time to uh, provide yet another step for them. As you mentioned, uh, everything from a 172 trainer now up to a 3,500 nautical mile um, large cabin stand-up. Uh, cabin aircraft, so um, yeah. it's a it's a wide-ranging product line. Well, I've been uh, fortunate to go flying in many of your aircraft, uh, not just the Cessnas. I've been in Barons and uh, been in King Airs and uh, dreaming of the jets. Haven't flown in them yet, but uh, so uh, do you get a lot of customers who might start in a set in a one seventy two and work their way, maybe go to a Baron and uh, you know in the past it was all Cessna or all all Beach, but now it's it's going across the whole of all Textron. So, so that is the uh, beauty of where we're at today. You know, six years ago, the companies came together, and it is very common for customers to learn in a 172, uh, move up to a Baron, um, jump into, uh, we just did uh, a, a customer the other day that's going from a Baron to a King Air 90. And so we take them up through the progression as their needs change, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a speed and range kind of decision uh, based on passenger load as well. And um, we have a lot of repeat customers, and we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah well, when you've got a great path for everyone to progress along, as, we do. as the wallet gets bigger and the skills get bigger <laughs> and the desires get, get bigger. And so well, on. you know, it, it, again, at the end of the day, uh, every one of us in the company 
sees our relationship with the customer as a partnership. Uh, we are there for them, um, whether it's from the design and listening to what they want on the next new model to the uh, delivery of the product. There's nothing better than taking delivery of a brand new aircraft uh, in Wichita. Um, to the support afterwards, we, you know, we have a worldwide support network. Uh, our, our customers are never uh, far from us. I was just going to go on to that subject about uh, maintenance and support. You've, you've got quite the chain, so I imagine your logistics environment must be quite fascinating. We do. Uh, I had the pleasure of leading our uh, parts uh, business a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, we have a wonderful distribution network, uh, not only here domestically in the U.S., um, but also in Europe and then with some of our channel partners uh, across the rest of the world. Okay. So I imagine it's quite... Uh, do you find some areas focus primarily just on the trainer and, and maybe up to a light twin and some com some of your partners just more on the jets? Or is everyone going across the spectrum? Uh, again, based on customer needs, uh, you do have a vast majority that... Uh, stay in the, the piston side of the business, you know, 172, 182, 206. Uh, we're excited for the Denali because we do think there may be an opportunity for some of them to uh, take a look at that product. Um, and then, you know, from, from the turboprop and jet perspective, whether it's Caravan or King Air, um, those customers, you know, they vary widely. A lot of them are business people. Uh, and as their business grows, then uh, they tend to move on up in the product range. Yep. Okay. Now, um, you, see, you mentioned you know, 172, 182, 206. These are venerable numbers. People have um, seen them start in a long time ago. They're always being updated. What's the latest in what, what we're seeing in, in some of these aircraft? If, if someone goes, oh, I want to go and get a, like a, a new Cessna, not, not so much the details of what's new, but can, uh, can you just sort of give it an indication of where the lines are likely to go, what you're, what you're uh, doing with them? Sure. You know, uh, one of the things that... Um we consistently do is evaluate where our products are at in the uh, life cycle. Uh, we're always analyzing and evaluating and listening again to our customers. What would they like to see next? Um, like like you mentioned, like you can't certainly share any intimate details, um, but we're always looking to do new things with our products, whether it's something maybe um, as, as I'll say simple as changing interior uh, to something more complex, whether it's an avionics or airframe change. Okay, in, in the market, you've got yourselves, you've got Piper. It's always been the Cessna Piper world. Um, so now, you know, Textron and, and Piper and so on. You've got the, um, the Diamond in the field. You've got the Cirrus, you know, the elephant in the room type of thing. They're, they're, they're in there. How, how are you finding that um, reacting to those um, competitive elements uh, is driving Textron along? So um, it is a very competitive market space. And... Uh, not just in the piston side, but also in the turboprop and jet space. Um, competition makes everybody better. Uh, Textron Aviation is fully committed to our customers on the, from the, the 172 through the rest of the product line. Uh, we have to continually look at and evaluate our products and how do we uh, compete effectively, if not better than uh, our competition. So uh, again, competition is good. Uh, it makes us all better, and ultimately, at the end of the day, the customer uh, is the one that benefits from that. Now, in addition to the airframes and, and electronics and so on that are on board them, um, Textron's got engines, it's got uh, a number of other elements. Are you able to chat about those uh, that in the whole umbrella of what makes Textron itself? Up, uh, uh, so underneath Textron, our parent uh, uh, company, um, we have the Lycoming uh, engines. Uh, we also have Bell Helicopter. Uh, we have... Easy go golf cars, 
um, you, you name it. Uh, we, we have a tug business, uh, de-icing business as well. Um, we are very fortunate uh, to, to have a parent such as Textron. Um, we get uh, a lot of support uh, for our products, and um, so it's, it's a good relationship. Uh, we are very fortunate as a company to have the uh, class of customers that we have, the group of customers, and uh, we look forward to uh, providing these wonderful products for eternity. Uh, that's the hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cessna's been synonymous for most of my aviation life, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Cessna and uh, Beach continue on for a very long time. We'll, we'll be happy to provide that. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, there we go. Uh, a really great couple of interviews there, Grant. And uh, I tell you what, um, Oshkosh is always the place to get those. And it was actually, uh, I actually was quite interested uh, listening to uh, Brian just uh, roll off the, uh, the the various brand names that, uh, that fall under the TechStrong group. I was aware of all their aviation links, but uh, quite a number of uh, golf products there. And as we know, Grant, uh, you know, around any good airport is a good golf course. Well, that's what I'm told. I don't play golf, but uh, I must tell my son because he's actually uh, in the greenskeeping industry, in the golf industry, and he'd be quite interested in some of those brands i'm sure he certainly would but i've got to bring it back to cessna i mean you go out and learn to fly in a 150 or a cessna 152 uh leverage up to the 172 182 next thing you're going to be flying a denali in the future you know having some fun with that uh, and when you get into the turboprop world and well if you start to really get scratched by the itch of uh you know further faster higher then you can get into the uh, Citation jets and who knows, you could wind up with a Cessna Citation Longitude as he was talking about. And since I uh, did those interviews back in July, uh, the Cessna uh, Longitude, it's actually, uh, it's got its type certificate uh, and in fact, NetJets took its first delivery at the end of December. So it's out there and it's happening, which is brilliant because it's a pretty impressive jet. Yeah, they are, they are all very, very, in fact, you know, NetJet's a very impressive operator. I've got a couple of very good friends that are pilots with that organisation. I tell you what, that would be the life, flying around in uh, citations and now the longitudes and all those sorts of things. Where do I get a job like that anyway? <laughs> it takes lots of work, effort and building up your resume, mate. That's very true. Well, I'll tell you what, Grant, uh, one thing is for certain, uh, Cessna will certainly uh, continue to be, uh, you know, one of the most uh, predominant brands in the training market and uh, certainly uh, going on uh, into the business market. It's really Really interesting to see that company really, well, I would say diversifying, but really just expanding their range there. It's always interesting to see them uh, going into that market. So uh, we'll be watching that with great interest. Oh, certainly, mate. They've got uh, quite the range, as I was saying, from uh, basic trainers all the way up through to uh, long-range business jets. So uh, great to see them covering a large part of the market. Plus, of course, uh, everything they've got there with Hawker and Beechcraft as well. So uh, quite the uh, power to have. And I just dream of even owning a 152, I tell you. Yes, I dream of these things a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, maybe we should uh, wrap this up and go away and uh, see about trying to find other ways of making dreams into realities. Absolutely true, folks. The website, of course, is aviationtrader.com.au. If you want to do any business uh, with Aviation Trader, they're always willing to have a chat to you. The uh, number calling from Australia is uh, 02, of course, the area code double six double two two one double three, or free call one eight hundred zero two five seven seven six. And of course, that's from calls within Australia. And of course, uh, any suggestions uh, of topics you'd like covered in this podcast, or any feedback, of course, the email address is admin at aviationtrader.com.au. I'm Steve Fisher. On behalf of Grant McCarran, great chatting with you all again. Fly safe, and we'll talk to you again here on Airwaves very soon. 
Airwaves is the official podcast of Aviation Trader and part of the publication's comprehensive array of digital content. If you're passionate about aviation, stay connected at aviationtrader.com.au for the latest podcasts, news, blogs and more.